toward the end of my freshman year in college, it had been a pretty good year, um, despite the fact that I, I barely made it in. It had been a pretty good year, and I think there was like about a week left in the semester, and I'd gone back to the room for what I called a power nap. Back in college, you'd sleep like two or three hours a night, and then you could go take a power nap for like 10 minutes, and 10 minutes of sleep. I can't do that now, but when I was younger, I could. And so I went back to my room and laid down in in bed, and I, I don't know how long I was asleep. It wasn't long, but I was awakened by my phone. It, it was a landline. We didn't have cell phones. It was like a landline telephone. And it was ringing really loud, and I picked it up and said, hello. And it was the dean of the student body at Anderson College, university now, but Anderson College. And he said, is this Perry? And I said, yeah. He said, I need to see you in my office immediately. And I, I said, like, right now? And he said, right now. I said, yes, sir. And I hung up. Now, in that moment, in that moment, I experienced something that everybody watching right now, everybody listening to this message has experienced. This this thing called uncertainty. Uncertainty. Why was I I called to the dean's office? And I don't know about you, but my mind always goes to worst case scenario. I'm getting kicked out of college. Um, I failed. I made a bad grade. I said something that I shouldn't have said. Um, I've done something that I shouldn't have done. My past is caught up with me. I don't know. And I just had this overwhelming sense of uncertainty. And, And you felt it too. You felt it too. Everybody here has felt some sense of uncertainty in your life. We're dealing with uncertainty right now in our nation. We're dealing with uncertainty right now in the world. I just can be honest. I've never seen anything like this. This, the, the coronavirus pandemic, the scare. I remember what it was like to go through 9-11 and how tragic it was that day. But not even that had the worldwide ramifications that coronavirus is having on the nation. It's, it's creating so much uncertainty. But I, th- I thought as we talk about that, I didn't want to ignore the fact that not only are we experiencing national or, and global uncertainty, But there's some people here today, people watching online, you're experiencing some personal uncertainty. Maybe it's, is God going to work in this situation? Is God going to pull me out of this anxiety? Am I going to be depressed for the rest of my life? Am I going to be financially strapped for the rest of my life? There's so much uncertainty, and uncertainty is what brings about stress and anxiety and worry in our life. Think about it. If we didn't have any uncertainty, we would have no anxiety because we would know. We would know what the future holds, right? But I wrote this down when I was kind of working through some thoughts Friday night preparing for today. And this was for me. And as I wrote this down for me, I really felt the Lord wanted me to share this one thought. So this is the one, this is the big idea that's going to drive this entire message today. And it's this, even in extreme uncertainty, I can know the Lord is with me. Even in extreme uncertainty, I can know the Lord is with me. Because in times of uncertainty, we're almost convinced that we've been abandoned, we've been forgotten, that we're alone. But it's in those times of extreme uncertainty, we can absolutely be certain the Lord is with us, the Lord is for us, and the Lord will bring us through the situation. Now, the story that I want to share today is it's in the Old Testament, and it's about a king named Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a good king. He was the king of 
the, the southern part of Israel, Judah, and he came to power and he had kind of put some um, things in place in the chapter before and he was kind of getting the country back where it needed to be. He was, he was getting things put in order. But then all of a sudden, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we see something happen to Jehoshaphat that creates a pretty big amount of uncertainty. Check this out. The Bible says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meonites who had mosquito bites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazel, that place, Tamar. This was another name for En Gedi. This was a serious situation. So Jehoshaphat is in Jerusalem. Everything is going normal. Everything is going great. And all of a sudden, messengers come to him and saying, hey, we're getting attacked. We're getting invaded by an army. And it wasn't just an army. It was a combined army of three different forces. And not only was it a combined army of three different forces, they were closing in on Jerusalem. Like by the time he found out, it was almost too late to kind of assemble and do anything. He was being attacked and he didn't see it coming. Now, everybody knows what that's like. For something to happen in your life that's tragic, unexpected, and you didn't see it coming. It was the phone call or the email or the knock on the door or you're riding down the road and the check engine light comes on. You, you just didn't see it coming. And I've got to be very honest with you. When it comes to this whole coronavirus thing, I didn't see it coming. I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, dead serious. When I first heard about the coronavirus, I thought it was, that's all I heard was coronavirus. And I thought, man, it was like a, bat, a batch of bad beer, that, that, cheap beer, that, that somebody made and people were got, got a virus from it. That's literally what I thought. That's just putting my cards on the table. And then I started hearing about it more and more. And it was like twice a week and then three times a week. And now it's all you can find. On the weather channel, they're talking about it. I'm like, dear God, I want to know what the weather is. Is there one channel I can go to and not read, read or hear about this? But at the end of the day, nobody really saw this coming. I mean, people are trying to blame government leaders, not just in America, but all over the world. But at the end of the day, I don't think politicians really have a control over that. Now, I know there's conspiracy. Well, the government did this. Listen, at the end of the day, it's a virus. We didn't see it coming. Just like many of us are dealing with personal situations that took us by surprise. We didn't see it coming. So what do you do? What do you do when life falls apart on you? Well, Jehoshaphat, he did something that was so counterintuitive because I'm not sure. I mean, I would like to think that I would have done what he did, but I kind of know me. I have the tendency, I don't know if you do, I have the spiritual gift of freaking out. Okay, that's, that, that's not really a spiritual gift, but here we go. Watch this. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. Pause. Is our country terrified by the news, yes or no? Yeah. My, okay, li listen, people, the toilet paper thing, I don't understand. Like, the, the world is falling apart, but you know what? 
I will, I will be able to wipe my butt. That, that, that is the number one. And, and for those of you that can't find toilet paper, just, uh, there's plenty of cheese. If you'll just go eat a bunch of that, you won't need toilet paper. Just, just a thought. There you go. Spiritual wisdom from Bishop Noble. Anyway, the, Jehoshaphat was terrified. And I know lots of people that are terrified by the news, or, and not just this news, but once again, this is personal. Terrified by what you're personally dealing with. Terrified by what you're personally going through. That's very normal to be terrified. I've had people say, well, the Bible says, do not fear. Well, the Bible says, do not fear, and the Bible does say, do not fear, 366 times, one for every day of the year, including leap year. But the reason God has to keep repeating it over and over and over again is because we have the tendency to forget it, and when we forget, we freak out. I forget, you forget, we all forget. So Jehoshaphat right here is terrified, and he begged the Lord for guidance, which is a really good idea. Our president is called on today to be a national day of prayer, I mean, I, I think it's a great idea. Sometimes it's sad it takes a crisis to get us there, but at the end of the day, we're there, so we might as well participate, right? So, so he, he asked the Lord for guidance. Now watch this. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Now I want to push the pause button right here and tell you, this is where it goes in a direction that I wouldn't have expected it to go. I don't know about you, but when bad things happen to me, I have a tendency to do one of two things. Number one, I have a tendency to cry and, you know, and just freak out. Or number two, I have the tendency to ask God, why? Why, why me, God? Why couldn't you let this happen to somebody else? God, I know some, I know some people um, that are worse than me. In fact, I can give you a couple names. You, you can curse them, but why, why, why does this have to be going on in my, my life? But Jehoshaphat doesn't do that. Watch this. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah in Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty and no one can stand against you. Oh God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored and we cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. The Jehoshaphat starts out by saying, God, I just want to start out by saying you are good. Now, that, that's not my reaction when something bad happens. My reaction is, God, where are you? But his, his thing is, God, you are good. Now, I had somebody tell me the other day, they were talking about, the coronavirus, and I was like, well, you know, God's going to bring it. They said, tell me one good thing, one good thing about this right now. I'm like, you want to know one good thing? He's like, yeah. I'm like, they're canceling all sporting events. Imagine this had happened in the fall, and they started canceling college football. That, 
I mean, it's better than the spring and the fall, right? See, I, I found, because if they had canceled college football, they'd be rioting in the streets. There would be, I mean, martial law. You're, I mean, it would be completely bonkers right now. So I'm sad that they canceled basketball and baseball gets a delay, but like who watches that on TV anyway? But if they had canceled, that's one good thing. Somebody asked, they just said one good thing. This, this blows my mind though. Instead of, instead of standing in front of God and crying, or yelling at God, or asking this question, because I don't know about you now, I'm not blaming anybody. These are questions that I've asked. God, how could you let this happen to me? I mean, I, God, I thought I was doing good. I thought I was doing right. I thought I was a good person. And you let this, this army's gonna come invade us. They're gonna, they're gonna kill us. They're gonna take us prisoner. God, how could you let this happen to me? But that wasn't his, that wasn't his thing. He was like, God, before we ask you for anything, I just want to talk about how good you are. I want to talk about how much you've blessed us. I want to talk about how you've always taken care of us. God, I want to talk about how good you are. And so for me, in times of uncertainty, I had to write this down. This is something I have to write down. I have to look at all the time. In times of uncertainty, I must look back at all the times he was there for me. Because when we get caught up in the moment, we can forget all that God has done for us. And when we forget all that God has done for us, we will forget that God's been good to us because we're caught up in the moment. But as we look back at what he's done for us and how faithful he's been, that gives us cause to say, God, I don't care what's going on in my life right now. You are good. You know why? Because some of us watching this, we should be sick, but we're not sick. We should be in a ditch, but we're not in a ditch. We should be in the hospital, but we're not in the hospital. We should be crazy, but we're not crazy. We should be dead, but we're not dead. And the reason we're not any of those things is because God was good to us then. And if he was good to us then, why in the world would we think he's not going to be good to us today and in the future? God is good. Even in a season of uncertainty, I can rest assured that God's going to be good to me. He's going to be good to you. He's going to be good to us. So he starts praising God. And it gets crazy. It does. It gets crazy. Watch this. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. So after he praises God, he just kind of informs God about the problem, which God knows, but sometimes this isn't for God. This is for us. This is for us. This is to remind us that we can pour our hearts out to God. We can tell God anything. God's not bothered by our honest prayers. In fact, I think God is bothered when our prayers are not honest. Just want to float that one out there. Just let that one sit for a little while, okay? You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us? For they have come to throw us out of your land which you gave us as an inheritance. Now, this is, my, this is my part right here. Oh, God, won't you stop them? Because, pause, we can't stop them. Like, we don't, we don't have enough time. We can't assemble the army. We can't do anything. Do you know sometimes God will allow us to be in the middle of a situation that reminds us how out of control we are, but how in control he is. I don't know about you, but I, I, I need a reminder from time to time. Because if I don't get those, I, I, I'll, I begin to think I control everything. 
And then, and then the bottom falls out, and I realize I didn't control anything. And so he's, he's coming right here, and he's like, this, this is your problem, God. And then he says this. I love this. I love this. He's so honest. This is the, the king of Judah. This is the leader of the nation, and this is what he said. We do not know what to do. You ever been there? I, I have no idea what to do. I've been in so many situations in my life, in my own life personally, where I did not know what to do. You've been in situations. Some of us are in situations where we literally don't know what to do. But here is the thing that encouraged me so much. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. I think that's where we are as a nation. I mean, circle back. When was the last time a leader called for a day of prayer? I mean, when the stock market was doing good and everything was going up and to the right, was anybody calling for a day of prayer? Nope. (laughs) We were making it rain, right? I don't know where that, I don't, somebody, I saw Philip do that one time. That's how I knew how to do that. Um, We weren't asking for help when we were healthy. We weren't asking for help when things were good. We asked for help when, and I'm not cracking on anybody. I'm just saying this is my tendency too. But sometimes things will happen to remind us that we really do need God's help. Now, let me pause real quick and say this. And if I'm wrong, you can judge me all you want. I just don't think I'm wrong. I, was re- I, I knew it wasn't going to be long. I knew it wasn't going to be long. I knew it wasn't going to be long. I found something yesterday where some Bible person is talking about how this is the end times. This is the pestilence and it's the black horse in Revelation 6 that's going to run throughout. And I'm, I'm like, okay, listen, this is the judgment of God. Let me, let me promise you something. When the judgment of God falls on planet Earth, we won't be able to report about it. It's going to happen quickly. It's going to happen swiftly. And there's going to be like the per- it, it, Listen, I promise you, there will be no plan in place to deal with the judgment of God. You know, the judgment of God has fallen. We've met with Congress. We passed a bill. Like, that, that's not going to happen. Just want to throw that out there, okay? Now, is God allowing this? Absolutely. I mean, I mean but, but at the end of the day, I think he's allowing us. I think one of the reasons he's allowing this is so we can understand how out of control we are, but see how in control he is. Watch this, watch this, watch this. This is, it gets crazier. This whole thing gets crazier. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel. He was the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of that guy, the Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. So in other words, they're trying to say, we know who this guy is. We know his grandpa and his grandfather and his grandfather. In other words, he was credible. So the spirit of the Lord moved on this guy, and he said, listen, All you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Now that, that's, those are big words. Anytime somebody comes up to you and says, this is what the Lord says. I mean, I take that, I take those words very seriously. And I've met some people that, that, that have said stuff to me that the Lord said that I believed. And I've met some people that have said some stuff to me that the Lord said that I'm like, I don't think the Lord said that. No, I'm being dead serious. One time, <laughs> we got in the building, and I had a lady call one time and say, 
the Lord told me to tell you to walk around the building seven times. And I was like, no, he didn't. He did, I promise you he didn't. Because number one, that's weird. Number two, that only happened once in the Bible where they walked around something seven times and it fell down. We just got in here. We don't need the building to fall down. I'm not doing it, lady. I'll just disobey the Lord. I don't know what you want. But, but when the Lord says something, he makes it very, very, very clear. In fact, you know what it's like if you're a Christian, when God has spoken to you, whether it's through the Holy Spirit or whether it's through the word or whether it's through somebody else, it connects with you. It just resonates with your spirit. You know exactly what that feels like. And so here's this guy and he's speaking on behalf of God. And he's like, this is what the Lord said. Do not be afraid, which great advice. There's a massive army. Come, yeah, yeah, don't be afraid. See the army? Yeah, 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 don't be afraid. So this is taking our attention off the problem and putting it on God's word. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Now watch this. Tomorrow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, time out, time out. Tomorrow. What about today? See, Oftentimes, we'll get in the middle of a situation, and we want God to handle it right then. And God goes, oh, no, 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 no. I got a plan, but my plan is in my time, not your time. So tomorrow, tomorrow. Now, don't, don't, don't take this and say, Perry said that Monday the coronavirus is going to be cured. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, this, this is an illustration to prove that God's going to handle it in his time. Tomorrow, march out against them. Okay, okay, God, a couple problems with this. We don't have enough time to get the army assembled. We don't have enough time to get people in place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just listen, march out against them. You will find them coming through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. In other words, this is God saying, I'm not surprised at what the enemy's doing. And, and big newsflash, the whole coronavirus thing, the angels are not freaking out in heaven, running around, buying up all the toilet paper up there, you know, just making sure they're okay. Nobody in heaven is wigging out. God knew this was going to happen. God knew this was coming. God has a plan, just like God knew that that uncertainty was going to happen in your life, in my life. And while we're freaking out, God's in control. God's got a plan. God's got a way he's going to work it all out. I don't know what that plan is. I just know that God is God and I am not. And stuff like this reminds me of that. So it goes on to say, um, in verse 17, but you will not even need to fight. Jehoshaphat's thinking, that's good because my army, just, they're not even ready. You'll not even need to fight. Take your positions and stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. I want to pause real quick and just remind somebody. Somebody needs to hear this. He is with you. You feel alone. You feel abandoned. You've got questions. You're in the middle of uncertainty. The enemy looks bigger. The problem is huge. It's massive. But he is with you. Even in times of uncertainty, I can know that God is with me. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go against them tomorrow, for the Lord is is 
with you. Now, when I was writing this message, I started writing it Friday night when we made the decision. And um, I worked on it yesterday and even this morning. Um, I, I take stuff like this very, very, very seriously. And I felt like God spoke something to me Friday night. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to need some confirmation on that or I'm just not going to do it. And Saturday, it was there. And so, and so, so I, I felt like that during this portion of the message, that God specifically told me to speak prophetically and tell somebody. And I don't know, if this is for you, then you can take it and you can receive it and you can hold on to it. If it's not for you, that's fine. But God, I really felt like God wanted me to tell somebody today that whatever you're going through, just like it says in this verse, the Lord is with you and it's going to work out. Like, you're going to be okay. Like, you're going to come out. You're going to come out of that sickness. You're going to come out of that debt. You're going to come out of that depression. You're going to come out of that anxiety. You're going to come out of that situation. You're going to come out of that sadness. You're, 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 you feel like you're trapped in it, but you're getting ready to come out. And the reason that you're getting ready to come out is because the Lord is with you, and he does not abandon his children. He's never left us. He's never forsaken us. So somebody needs to hear that you're getting ready to come out. Just like I believe with all my heart that this whole coronavirus situation I believe that we as a nation will come out. I believe that we as the world will come out. I believe we're going to come out of it. I believe God is in control and he is ultimately going to bring us through this situation, whether he cures it miraculously or whether he cures it medically. By the way, did you know, medi do you know God can work through medicine just as much as he can work through prayer? Hello? Well, the doctors, okay, well, who gave them the idea for that? I mean, just wanted to, anyway, throw that out there. Now, the battle plan. Let's talk about the battle plan because I'm not sure this is the best battle plan just on, on the surface, but, but God said it, so we're just going to go with it. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and the people, people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Pause. There's an army closing in. They should be like sharpening the swords, you know, getting the horses saddled and everything. No, 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 we're, we're going to worship. We're just going to have a worship service. We're just going to have a worship service. It, it's crazy. Then the Levites from the clans of Koah and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. In other words, these, these people are charismatic. They're Pentecostal, man. They're shouting and everything. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, near, down in Georgia. On the way, <laughs> Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. In other words, this is the leader going, hey, this is a time where I know we're tempted to doubt, but this is the time where we've got to believe. I heard somebody define faith this way the other day, and I loved it, and I'm holding on to it. Faith is believing that God can and hoping that God will. When I heard that definition, I was like, that's exactly what I've been looking for. Believing God can. Can God deliver us from this army? Absolutely. Will he? I don't know, but I'm walking like I believe he will. Can God deliver me from this situation? I don't know. But will it, can he? Yes. Will he? I don't know. But I'm going to walk like he will. 
And then, and then he says, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. Now we're thinking battle strategy here. Who do we put out? You know, archers? No, 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 not the archers, not the archers, not the archers. Calvary? No, 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 not the Calvary. Who we, get the guitar player thing, the ukulele guy. Yeah, yeah. And the flute guy and then the tambourine guy. We want them to lead the charge. It's a little bit weird, isn't it? Huh? The singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. So you got the worship leaders out front and their skinny jeans and their scarves and their and and I'm not stereotyping. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if we're going to battle, do you want Philip out front? I mean, seriously, when it, do you want this guy leading the charge? Anybody feeling confident about this? I'm leaving this up so you can get a picture, so you can get a screenshot. This is Philip. Anyway. <laughs> That's why you needed the toilet paper, wasn't it? That, that, anyway, this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Now, this is what got me about this situation. Typically, typically, I worship best when things are good in my life. Typically, I worship best after God has delivered me from something. But right here, the king says, we're going to walk like we've already won. And we're going to walk in worship. And we might be walking right into a battle, but we're going to walk into that battle with our focus on God. We're going to walk into that battle, not with worry, but with worship. And I thought, man, we've got a choice over this next week, over these next several months, as we face uncertainty globally and as we face uncertainty personally, that we can walk in worry or we can walk in worship. We can walk like we're not sure what God's going to do, or we can walk like we believe the battle is already won. We can walk with our hands held high. We can walk knowing that God is in control. We can walk in worship. Yesterday, this happened to me at the gym. I was in the gym. I was feeling decent. Actually, I'm dealing with a knee injury right now, but I was feeling decent, you know, and I had a podcast all play, you know, queued up, and I went over to the treadmill, and I started kind of doing a little jog, and I felt like the Lord said, no, 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 you're not listening to a podcast today. You're going to listen to worship music, and I started listening to worship music. Man, I was getting happy in the gym. I looked around me. People were moving away from me because I was sweating all over the place, but I was, I, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to worship. I don't know what this situation is going to look like ultimately, but I'm going to walk into it with worship. And that's one of the things I would challenge every single person to do this week is spend some time in worship. Even when you're uncertain, you can worship. In fact, that's when worship gets real. When you're not sure what's going to happen, but God, I'm going to worship you anyway. God, I'm not sure I'm going to get delivered, but I'm going to worship you anyway. Worship isn't God. I'm going to worship you when everything is perfect. Worship is God, everything is falling apart, but you're still God and you're still good and I'm still gonna worship you. Now this is where it, it takes a turn and I didn't see this coming. 
at the very moment they begin to sing. At the very moment. See, this was a posture. This was an attitude. At the very moment they begin to sing and give praise. The Lord caused. Who caused? The Lord, because he's in control. This is what he does. Watch this. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. So here comes this army. Israel starts praising. They start fighting each other. I don't know why, but I just have to believe God had something to do with it because he's in control. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Can you, can you see this? Like you're out there singing, give thanks to the Lord, he's good, it's love and do us. What in the world? Love and do us forever. Give thanks to, oh, they're fighting each other. Lord, his love and do oh. They turn, oh. Give thanks to the Lord, his love. And, and they're fighting each other. As they're worshiping, God's just handling the situation. Let me promise you something. Like we sang before, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. All we got to do is walk and worship. Let, let's, hey, if you're a Christian, let's walk like we've won this thing. Let's walk like we're not defeated. Let's walk in confidence. Let's not walk around going, this is God's judgment on the earth. Let's walk. You know what? If it is, praise God. This is good. We're going home. We're going home. Amen. We're going home. Either way, let's just walk like we've won. Because, because in the scripture right here, it says they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies laying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped because God handled the city. And by the way, when God handles something, he handles it completely. I mean, God, God does not halfway do anything. And then this is, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. This is, this is the part that nobody really talks about. I love this. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. So at first, they think they're going to get plundered. But by the end of the story, they're plundering the enemy. The, what, what, what we look, what we're seeing as a pandemic is going to turn out as plunder because we're going to be able to develop new technologies, new things, new, new medical advances. We thought it was a problem, but it's going to be plunder. It, it, it's, it's, they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. So it started out in uncertainty, but it ended in victory. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say this because somebody was going to ask, Perry, what happened with that phone call from the dean of students? Well, I went to his office and he sat down and he said, I want to talk to you about this year. I was like, okay. He said, you've had a really, really good year. And it came down between you and another person for this particular scholarship. And so you won this scholarship. And so half of the next year is going to be, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was plunder. It, it started out for me as panic. And it wound up in plunder. 
So I'm just talking to somebody today. I'm just talking to you. You're, you're so tempted to freak out and panic. But not, not only is God going to bring you out, he's going to bring you out better than you went into the situation because that's the kind of God we have. This entire situation reminded me of when I was a kid and we would go, my parents and I, we would go to crowded places. We would go to Disneyland or we would go to the mall or we would go somewhere where I just didn't know the landscape or what was going on. I remember I would be so freaked out as a kid with all these crowds. But you know what calmed me down every time? You know what calmed me down every time? Is when I just reached up and grabbed my dad's hand. You know, when my dad was holding my hand, it didn't matter how loud the noises got. It didn't matter how big the crowd was. It didn't matter what was happening in the world. As long as I held on to my father's hand, I knew I was going to be all right. This situation going on in the world today has reminded me that I can't even walk in this world if I'm not holding his hand. I can't even function if I'm not holding his hand. I can't even breathe if I'm not holding his hand. But if I'm holding his hand, I can know he is at work, working all things for good. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song together. And after we share this song, after we share this moment, I'll be back up to do the invitation. Father, thank you right now, Jesus, that you are good. I want to thank you for this story, thousands of years old, but so applicable today. Father, I want to thank you right now that you are good and that you are in control. God, I want to pray for our nation and our world. God, that we would just pause and put our attention on you. We need you, God. We need you. But God, not only that, I want to pray for every single individual here today that's in an incredible season of uncertainty. God, that you would speak to us over the next few moments and just remind us that as we hold your hand, everything's going to be all right. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name. Amen.